Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. I've mentioned many times that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Zechrani Levracha, taught that Rashi's commentary on the Torah is a complete commentary, meaning that even those psukim that Rashi does not comment on, we can use his commentaries in other places to understand those psukim. Or sometimes uh, the answer to uh, the, the, the explanation of those psukim is so simple that we simply have to look at the psukim, the pasuk and the psukim around it in a intelligent fashion, and we can find uh, the explanation ourselves. Uh, in light of this uh, teaching, I would like to discuss here in Parshas Yisrael a pasuk about which Rashi does comment, but I'd like to discuss a question that he does not directly comment on. Let's begin. We'll go back one pasuk. It says that Bayisu Merafidim, the Bnei Yisrael traveled from a place in the Midbar called Rafidim, Vayavoyo Midbar Sinai, and they came to Midbar Sinai. Vayachanu Midbar, and they encamped in the Midbar, Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahar. And Klal Yisrael, the Am Yisrael, camped there, Neged Ahar, across from the mountain. There is here a famous Rashi comment, which will become relevant in our discussion. So we'll take a look now. Vayichan Shom. It says in a singular form, Vayichan Shom, even though we're talking here about uh, probably uh, certainly well over a million people. But Vayichan Shom, it says literally, he camped there. So Rashi says, Keish Echad, Belev Echad. They camped here at Harsinai like one man with one heart with complete and total unity. However, all of the other encampments that we're going, that we have already read about or we're, are going to read about, they were all encampments that involved complaining and disagreement and factionalism. Let's continue. And Moshe went up to God. He went up the mountain to Hashem. And Hashem called to him from the mountain, saying, So you shall say to Ves Yaakov, And so you shall tell to the Bnei Yisrael. And if we would continue to read the Psukim, we would see that here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, gives uh, something of an introduction to Kabbalah Satayra. Uh, he presents the Kalal Yisrael with the, with the deal at hand in order that they should answer that they want to enter into this covenant. Now, there is a question that we need to ask on this Pasuk. I've mentioned also a number of times that when the Torah is telling a story, so there is a certain verb form that is used. For example, 
Let's take a look at this little phrase. a love Hashem. So this is the standard form in which the Torah tells a narrative. It starts with a verb, which actually is in the future tense. Yikra means he will call. But the vav in front of it, the va in front of it, changes that future tense into a past tense. So first you have the verb, and then you have the, the, not the noun, meaning the subject, the person or the entity, Hashem, who is performing this verb. So you have vayikra Hashem, and Hashem called. If we go back to the previous basic. Um, let's take this phrase over here. Vayichan Shom Yisrael, and Yisrael camped there. So we have Vayichan, literally Yichan would mean he will camp, but Vayichan changes it into he did and camp. Okay, Shom is an adverb, it's saying where it was, there. And now we have the subject of the verb, who encamped? Yisrael. And you will find this all over the Torah. Um, if one wants to think of examples very quickly, one can think of the, the names of many of the Parshias. You have Vayetze Yaakov. And he went out, Yaakov. Vayishlach Yaakov. And he sent Yaakov. It means Yaakov sent. You have the verb in that Vayi form. And then you have the name of the person who is doing it. That is a regular narrative uh, con construction that the language of the Torah uses. Occasionally, you will have this form, Moshe Allah. Now, this is a different, a different construction, a different grammatical way, a different grammatical form. You have first Moshe is the person, the the subject of the verb, and then you have Allah, which is the simple past tense. Moshe Allah Elohim Elohim. Now, the first place in the Torah where this form appears is in Bracious, the Perik Dalit Pasuk Aleph, where it says Adam Yoda Eschava Ishto. It says in the and Adam knew, meaning he had the marital relations with Chava, his wife. And Rashi there explained that it means. Rashi says there that when did when was it that Adam Yoda Eschava Ishto? When did Adam have relations with his wife? It was not following the story of their chet with the with the fruit and with the with the nachash, which is what is written directly in front of it, directly before that. But rather, Rashi says that Adam had relations with his wife already back a long time ago when they were back in Gan Eden. That's where their relations took place. And Rashi says, in fact, that's where Cain and Hevel were born. So the Torah. Started off at the at the very beginning, it says Hashem created Adam and Chava, and it says that uh, He told them not to eat from the uh, the fruit of the Eitz Sadas, and they made a mistake. They ate it. Uh, of course, a long, complicated story with many important ramifications. And then it says Veho Adam Yoda. That means Adam had had known his wife. He had, in the past, before all of that, he had known his wife. He had had relations with his wife. This is what in English is called the past perfect, or sometimes it's called the pluperfect, meaning it is a past tense 
that refers you to a time even before certain other events that you had or that you have already uh, that you have already uh, discussed that you have already recounted. That is this form here, and Mefarshim, the 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 super commentaries on Rashi, particularly uh, Revolf Heidenheim in his Sefer Moedah Levina, says that you you must uh, put this Rashi comment in Brachus Perikdalit Pasukalif. You must put it in your pocket and keep it with you at all times, because he says you're going to see this form in a number of places, and it's going to have the same. Meaning, so you have to remember what is the meaning of this form. Well, then Mephoshim as well explain it in the same way. So the question is, why does the Torah here say, O Moshe, Allah? Sounds like, and Moshe had gone up to the mountain, to Hashem. Hashem. Why does it use this form? Now, Rashi does not address this question directly. So before we address, before we take a look at Rashi, let's see if we can find some commentaries that will help us understand why the Torah used this particular grammatical form here. It would seem in simplicity that this is just a, what's called a consecutive narrative. They traveled from Rafidim and they came to Midbar Sinai and they encamped in the Midbar and they camped Negadahar, they, they encamped themselves uh, next to the mountain, and and then Moshe went up to Hashem, and Hashem called to him, and Hashem said to him, this is what you should say to the people, and, 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 and. It would seem that these are all consecutive actions that the Torah is narrating to us. Why does the Torah here use this past perfect form, Moshe Allah? So first, let's take a look at Ramban. The Ramban uh, claims that as soon as Klai Yisrael came to Har Sinai, even before Matan Torah, it was Kisaho Anon Esahar. The cloud of, of Hashem's presence already covered the mountain. Visham Kvod Hashem. And there was the Kvod Hashem, etc. Kvod Matan Torah. This was even before Matan Torah. There was already a presence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu on the mountain. Well, the Fichach. And therefore, the Ramban says, therefore, the Pasuk says, O Moshe, Allah, El Ho Elohim. It says, and Moshe went up to the mountain, Ki Allah El Hahar Ramban says that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to at least the edge of the mountain on his own, to make himself available to a Kaddish Baruch. He saw that the cloud of Hashem, the presence of Hashem, was on the mountain. And therefore, of his own volition, he started to go up the mountain. The Rabban continues, He did not go into the thickest part of the cloud where there was the, the real presence of Hashem. But, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that Baish Rabbeinu was uh, approaching, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu called out to him. So Ranban is explaining that Umoshe Allah Elho Elohim was something that Moshe Rabbeinu did on his own because he saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was there on the mountain. And so he started to go up. He started to, to present himself. And then 
Kodesh Baruch who saw he was coming up, Vayikra Elav Hashem. Perhaps, according to Ramban, we can understand why the Torah would phrase Moshe's going up as a past perfect, or Moshe Allah. Because the Torah wants to emphasize that Umoshe Allah came before Vayikra Elav Hashem. Now it's true, if it would have said Vayal Moshe El Elokim, if it would have put that also in the narrative past tense, well, but still, since it says it before Vayikra Elav Hashem, so yes, Vayal Moshe, we would have to assume happened before Vayikra Elav Hashem. But we wouldn't get so much the sense that Umoshe Allah is the reason why Vayikra Elav Hashem. It might just look like this happened and then that happened and then this happened and that happened. I think the Torah, we can say that according to Ranban, the Torah is really emphasizing the, the causal relation. There was a past event, Umoshe Allah El Elokim. And because of that, now this set into motion a whole string of events. Hashem in Ahar, Hashem called to him. Hashem said, oh, you're, prevent, you're presenting yourself to me. So Hashem called to him to go farther up the mountain and Hashem began to speak to him and he told them all about Matan Torah and he told them what they have to do in preparation for Matan Torah and within a few days, HaKadosh Baruch who came down upon the mountain and gave to us the Torah. So it could be according to Ranban, the Pasuk is emphasizing that Umoshe Eloh Elohim happened before. The Chizkuni, one of the other commentators, uh, says similar to Ramban, he doesn't mention that, that the cloud was already on the mountain and therefore Moshe went to present himself. But what he does say is that HaKadosh Baruch who told Moshe Rabbeinu way back when, when HaKadosh Baruch who first appeared to Moshe Rabbeinu in, in Midian, HaKadosh Baruch who told him, when you will eventually take this nation out of Egypt, you will serve, they will serve God on this mountain, on Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu knew that Har Sinai is a place where they are going to serve HaKadosh Baruch So when they arrived there, he started to go up. He already knew this is the place. So he, he, was, uh, he began to go up the mountain to get some instructions. Derech Agav, parenthetically, I think we see here in a, a simple but important Musar that, yes, you are supposed to, you're not supposed to just go to sleep and wait till the Kodesh Baruch Hu wakes you up. You are supposed to be proactive. The Ramban says that Moshe Rabbeinu saw the cloud of, of the Shekhinah on the mountain. He, be, he approached. The Chizkuni is saying that, uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu knew from past messages that this is a place where there's going to be something, something special is going to happen. So when they arrived there, he, he approached. Moshe Rabbeinu, according to either explanation, he used his seichel, he used his head for something other than a hat rack, as I've mentioned many times. Maybe some people are tiring of that metaphor. But he used his head for something other than a hat rack, and he was proactive, and he stepped forward and presented himself. Now, he didn't do anything rash, uh, of course, he needs instruction from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But needing instruction from a Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't mean that you're, that you're a hat rack and that you just stand there like a, like a moron. 
No, it means you understand what's happening and you understand that it's time now to present yourself for instructions. Okay. There is another comment here by the Svarno, one of the somewhat later commentators. Svarno says over here, O Moshe, Allah Elho Elohim, Omar she Yisrael samu fenehem el iske hachaniyah. The Pasuk is telling us that Yisrael, they placed their faces. They, in other words, they paid attention to the iske hachaniyah, to the business of encamping, utzrachero, and its needs. They were busy uh, pitching their tents and so forth. But Moshe, he went up the mountain and prepared himself for prophecy. What do I think he's saying? He's saying that by, when it says in the previous Pasuk, it says in the previous Pasuk, that Kla Yisrael encamped near the mountain. That means they were very busy encamping. Although there are uh, the, a very positive aspect to that encampment, as Rashi pointed out, but they were busy pitching their tents and uh, putting their things in order and and, and making dinner and uh, and all the things that that uh, that, uh, that, a, that a huge encampment of people would have to do. While they were doing that, before they were even finished, O Moshe Allah El Huelokim, Moshe Rabbeinu was not concerned with all of that. Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain because Moshe Rabbeinu knew. Here he's going to receive prophecy. So here we can say very simply, why did the Torah use this past perfect tense, or Moshe Allah? Because in fact, this, this Misa, this event of Moshe Allah occurred before the event that is recorded just before it, or at least before the event that is recorded just before it was completed. And that is the classic use of this um, of this other mukdam, of this past perfect, as it is as it explained by, by some of the Mefarsha. When you want to say that X happened even before Y, which is written before it, you use this past perfect. So here before Vayichan Shom Yisrael Negadohar was completed, already before that, Moshe had gone up to the mountain to receive prophecy. Okay, so we have our question on Moshe Allah by looking at two of the classic Mepharshim, we can come up with an answer. What about Rashi? Does Rashi give us any help? Does Rashi address this question? The Lubavitcher Rebbe taught us that Rashi's commentary is a complete commentary. We don't really, if we learn Rashi, we don't have to look at other commentaries. We can, those are different opinions, those are different approaches. But if we wanna just learn Rashi, we will get a complete picture of the Torah according to one shita, one line of thought, Raji's line of thought. Well, let's take a look at Rashi. Umoshe Allah, Moshe went up. Rashi says, When did this happen? It happened on the second day of their arrival to Harsinai. They came the first day and they encamped. They encamped in a very beautiful way, everyone together, everyone helping each other, everyone in unity. And then on the second day, Moshe Allah, Moshe went up to the mountain. All of his aliyahs, all of his ascents to the mountain were Bahashkama. If we continue to read this parsha, we'll see that there were several times 
the Moshe Rabbeinu went up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to receive instructions, and then he came back down and told the Klai Yisrael, and then he went back up again. So Rashi says, Kol Ali All of his ascents to the mountain were early in the morning. Shenemar, as it says in a Pasek, actually a Pasek much later in Parashas Kisiso, regarding events that took place later. Vayashkem Baboker. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu got up early in the morning, and he went up the mountain. Or another, uh, or another Pasek, Vayashkem Moshe Baboker. Almost the same Pasek. And Moshe Rabbeinu got up early in the morning, and he went up to the mountain. Now, number one, Rashi not, does not seem to be commenting on the this peculiar uh, grammatical form of Moshe Allah. Okay. Number two, there are some questions that we need to ask about what Rashi does say. One of the principles of Rashi that I've mentioned many, many times is that Rashi generally, really always, focuses on the Pusik that is in front of him. One Pusik at a time. If there is something difficult about the Pusik, if there is something that must be explained about the Pusik for itself, then Rashi might invoke in his, in his answer, he might invoke Sukkim from later in the Torah. He might invoke Sukkim from anywhere in Tanakh. However, if the Pusik is good on its own, Rashi generally will not raise questions based on later psukim or develop explanations based on later, later psukim. He can always leave that for later. And in many, many cases, he does. So whenever Rashi starts invoking later psukim, we have to pause and we have to say, why is he doing that? Now here, the Pasuk says, Moshe went up to the mountain. That's good. It says in the previous Pasuk, they arrived at Harsinai. Very nice. They encamped in a very beautiful way. And then it says, Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain. Is it really necessary to understand this Pasuk to know whether this happened on the same day or a day later? I would say no. If at some point, uh, for, for example, if at some point we find, if when we're le- reading uh, uh, some chapters later, we find that whenever Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain, he went up in the morning. And that forces us to say that here he must have gone up the next day because he couldn't go up on that day because it was already two o'clock in the afternoon. By the time they got there and by the time they settled down, okay. So when we get to that later Pusuk, we will, we will perhaps uh, mention that from here we see that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain, when they first arrived at Hasinai, it really was not on the very first day they got there, because it, then he would not have been going up early in the morning. Rather, it was the second day. Okay, but when you learn this Pusik for itself, it doesn't seem to be necessary. Rashi here seems to be forcing a comment based on a later Pusik, which he doesn't normally do. And he, it would logically, it would seem that he does not need to do it. If one looks in the Mizrahi and the Gorariya, there are uh, uh, many erudite words, and, I, and I, I don't say that with any irony, but I'd like to present a different approach, and that is of the Maskal the David. 
the Maskil the David explains, why did Rashi get involved over here? Why did he feel it necessary to tell us that Umoshe Allah occurred on the second day rather than on the first day? So the Maskil the David says that if Umoshe Allah happened immediately following Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahar, immediately following their encampment, in other words, if they encamped at the one o'clock in the afternoon, and then everybody settled down, and then everybody's everybody's happy and healthy and safe, and then at one fifteen, Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain. If that would be the case, the pasuk should have said, "Vayal Moshe El Elohim," which it, which is which would be as we explained before. That is the regular narrative tense of the Torah, the regular narrative verb form when the Torah is telling us a story in consecutive narrative order. It should have said, Vayal Moshe El Elohim, Vayikro Elav Hashem. We have a series of events. Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahor, and then Vayal Moshe El Elohim, and then Moshe went up to, to the mountain, and then Vayikro Elav Hashem, and then Hashem called to him. What the, so the Maskele David says that Rashi had a question on this Pasuk itself. Why doesn't it say, why doesn't the Torah here speak in the usual grammatical form that it uses when telling a story, which would have been Vayal Moshe, and Moshe went up. And rather, rather it says, O Moshe, Allah. Answers. The Maskel, the Dovin. That that's what Rashi is telling us. Explains the Maskel, the Dovin. That that's what Rashi is telling us here, Bayam Hashani. That's why Rashi says that this did not take place until the second day. If it would have said Bayal Moshe, so that would have shown a consecutive narrative. They encamped, and then and then Moshe went up five minutes later, and then Akadosh Baruch Hu saw Moshe Rabbeinu coming up, so he called to him. It would have been a consecutive series of events. But since the Torah says, O Moshe, Allah, so Rashi says that really, period, end of story. Now, we're beginning a new story, not an unrelated story, but we're beginning a new chapter. How does the new chapter begin? And Moshe had gone up to the mountain, to Hashem. And then, uh, and now we go into a, into a consecutive narrative. And, uh, and Hashem called to him, and Hashem said to him, this is what you're supposed to tell him. And Moshe Rabbeinu went down the mountain, and he spoke to the Kal Yisrael. We are using here this past perfect tense, not because this event happened before the events that are recorded previously, but it is, I believe, what, what, what the Maskal David is telling us is that the past perfect can be used sometimes at the very beginning of a narrative to show that it's the first thing that happened. It's what happened before everything else happened. It's the past perfect. The first very thing that happened in this new chapter of the narrative is, O Moshe Allah, Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain. And then, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Now, if we understand the Rashi like this, we've answered, we've answered the, our question based on the words of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. 
We no longer have the question, why does the Torah say Umoshe Elah rather than Vayal Moshe? That's exactly was Rashi's question. And Rashi answered it by saying that the reason that it says Umoshe Elah rather than Vayal Moshe is to show you that this event of Umoshe Elah did not happen immediately following Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahor. No, Vayichan Shom Yisrael Neged Ahor, period, end of chapter. Now begins a new chapter in the same story. Yes, it's the same book, but now begins a new chapter. O Moshe Allah, El Elohim, Vayikro Elov Hashem. This grammatical quibble with which we started and which we thought Rashi doesn't address is really exactly what Rashi was addressing. The one question that remains, of course, there are always a lot of questions, but according to this line of thought that I am presenting, the one question that remains is, so what? Why did the Torah begin here a new chapter in this story? Why is it so important to know that period, end of chapter? And now, is the beginning of a new chapter. And I think we can say on a simple level that by phrasing it this way, the Torah is emphasizing to us that the, the great Milo, the great uh, merit that is included in these words, that Klai Yisrael encamped as Rashi says, this great achtus that was achieved here is not only, is not merely a prerequisite for receiving the Torah. That, that is one aspect of it. You see here, that before we received the Torah, we had to be ba'achtos, we had to be in unity. And if not, perhaps we would not have received the Torah. It's a prerequisite. But that's not all it is. It has an independent milo. It is a, it is a good thing on its own. It is a milo bifnei atzmai. In all circumstances, achtos is always good. So we have ba'yichan shom Yisrael neged ahor, Klal Yisrael encamped as one, with one heart, period. End of chapter. That in itself is a fantastic milo and a fantastic accomplishment. Now, we start a new chapter. And Moshe had gone up to the mountain, and then Hashem called to him, and, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and he said this, and he said this, and so on. But Fayichan Yisrael, Neged Ahar, is even when we're not being, even when we're not receiving the Torah, even if that is not the issue at hand, Fayichan Shom Yisrael, Ki'ish Echad Echad, is a great accomplishment and a great thing that we need to strive for.